Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. This week, we're getting out of the studio to have some fun at a pinball museum in Pawtucket. The Electromagnetic Pinball Museum and Restoration opened less than three years ago, but already has more than 100 working machines, and you can play them all day for just $10. We'll take you inside after a quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org weekly. That's ripbs.org weekly. We are at the Electromagnetic Pinball Museum and Restoration in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, right off of Route 95 near the U-Haul. Uh, it's in an old warehouse, a huge warehouse. Let's go in. Inside, we meet the three founders of the museum. Oh, hi, my name is Joe, Joe Paquin. My name is Michael Parr. I'm one of the co-founders, co-curators here, Emily Rose. We have like different, uh, different roles that we just like fell into naturally. Emily is the idiot savant with uh, pinball and arcade machines. Uh, she knows when uh, they've all been made, how many were made, the value of them. Michael is like the natural tour guide type. I'm like the chef cook and bottle washer and I do everything Michael and Emily don't do. Of the three, Joe has been playing pinball the longest. I've been playing pinball since I was four years old and that's 1958. Growing up, the corner store near Joe's house had two pinball machines. So um, my brother and I would go across the street with our nickels, and the teenagers would put down these wooden milk crates, and we'd stand on the milk crate, and I'd use the right flipper, he'd use the left flipper, and uh, we were kind of like figuring out how to play. Emily and Michael played a little pinball as kids, but they didn't get hooked until much later. They were housemates, and Michael decided to buy an Adams Family pinball machine. I mean, an Adams family has been in every pizza parlor since 1992. And so it was a machine I was very familiar with. Not only that, it's the second most popular machine in all time, and it's the number one bestseller. So I, I had to pick it up. It was just calling me. Soon after, Michael and Emily bought another pinball machine. We sent our housemate out to go get it. And uh, there were two machines there, but we could only afford one at the time. So we said, bring back one. Then they bought another and another. Before you know it, this hobby had gone completely off the rails. We had no more 
places for friends to sit. We had Thanksgiving dinner served on a pinball machine called the Black Hole because it was the widest thing in the house, and it was the only place that the four of us could stand around to eat. Around this time, Joe moved into the house. When I ran into Michael and Emily, they had like 12 pinball machines in their living room, and I'm like, wow, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> when they ran out of space, they brought their collection to this building in Pawtucket, and Emily and Michael moved into some apartments upstairs. Then they had an idea. We can only play these one at a time. We have 30 of them. Why don't we open up a small business? So we got our paperwork together. That was 31 months ago. We started with 30 machines, and now we're at 105. Emily says their collection grew quickly in part because the whole project started during COVID. We had the time. We would find crappy machines on Facebook, 100 bucks, and we would bring them here, you know, 40 hours of cleaning. What's that? Their collection includes wooden machines that come with metal cigarette holders. Because back in the 50s, everybody had a mixed drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other. So you put your cigarette down here, hopefully, and play some pinball. And a pinball game that plays songs by Rush. Emily bought this pinball machine with her savings and brought it down here so we could all beat on it. Only a 1,000 will ever be made. It's limited edition. To have this out on the floor, you've got to be somewhat crazy. You can even plug headphones right into the machine. You can turn it up until your ears bleed, and I suggest you do. There's also a collection of -of one-of-a-kind pinball machines. So these AR pinballs are the uh, invention of a friend of ours, Lynn. He designed the board set the graphics. He made this one for his daughter, and then he made Haunted Cruise, and I say the magic forest, Michael says, for the rest of us. And of course, there's the Adams family. This is the machine that started it for us. Everybody has theirs. This was our group's machine. Emily's favorite part is when you activate the multi-ball mode. You just need to hit the safe near the back of the machine. And then you hit it again. And then... One last time for... And now you're flipping, flipping crazy in multi-ball. All the balls are going crazy everywhere. Back at the house, you would get the showtime. Michael would do his little dance, showtime dance, and everybody, we all had it. You get your showtime. Visitors to the museum can play all of these machines, plus other arcade games, all day, for just $10. They could probably charge twice as much, but Emily says they're not here to make money. They're more interested in spreading the love of pinball. They're games. They're fun. They're meant to be played. You can't get good at pinball if you're pumping in dollars, pumping in money, pumping in quarters. Just recently, we had four adult disability group homes come in, but none of them booked. None of them called ahead. It was like the group home day. And then at the end of the day, we were tired because it was just unexpected. But we looked at each other and we were like, this is why we do it. And just to see the reactions on their face, just to see any, anybody's eyes light up, I have muscular dystrophy. This gets me out of the bed in the morning. So just to have something to look forward to. The Pinball Museum also has an educational mission. 
Joe is a retired physics teacher, so he uses the machines to teach school groups about science. So suppose you played this pinball machine on the moon with one-sixth gravity. Uh, we actually simulated that with one course I taught. We took a couple of shims, lifted the front end of the machine uh, so you didn't have that much of an angle, and the ball's coming down one-sixth as fast. Not as much fun. The students love the lesson so much, Joe's looking for grant money to start bringing the pinball machines to them. As a retired school teacher, let me tell you, field trips are a royal pain from start to finish with the paperwork, the liability, get the kids on the bus, get them on lunch, get them back. Emily's dream is to help more people design their own pinball machines. I'd like to see this whole wall filled with not just Lynn's machines, but RISD students' machines, students' machines. I'd like people to make it a place where they can make an art project and be proud of it. All three of them want this space to be around for a long time. We want to make sure this is here for generations. This is a dream come true. So many people, like, literally have put faith in your dream. You, you have a, an expectation from the community, and we don't want to let them down. We're very much so proud of everything. Thank you for showing us around today. You're welcome. Oh, thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. And uh, you guys are great. You can find the Electromagnetic Pinball Museum and Restoration at 881 Main Street in Pawtucket. It's open every day from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. For photos of the museum and its machines, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe in collaboration with Rhode Island PBS. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall with help from Carlos Munoz and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week. I was a big Rush fan at Mount St. Charles in the 80s. I wish they had this at Dream Machine back in Lincoln Mall. I would have never gone home. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport, Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org slash passport. That's ripbs.org slash passport.